Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 383. And today we are celebrating 10 years of this podcast. This podcast first aired its very first episode back on September 1st of 2013. Yeah, for real. 10 years of this, which is funny because I was, I consider myself, well, I consider myself a dinosaur podcaster because like when I switched to my new network and I worked with people who were probably in middle school in 2013. Hi, y'all. Um, or maybe high school. I don't know. But they would be like, wait, you've had your podcast since 2013. Wait, you're about to hit 10 years of this podcast. It's a really long time. Except that some of the podcasts I listen to are also celebrating their 10-year anniversary as well. So whatever. Anyway, I am excited that it's been 10 years. So welcome. I would love to hear. I would love to find out how long you've been listening. So I have a contest that, not contest, whatever, giveaway, I don't know, whatever you need to call it. I think it's called a giveaway legally. Um, But basically, I have graphics that say I have been listening to Danny K. White for, and then it has a number on it for each of the different years. So if you've been listening for 10 years, I want to know about that. I want to know how long you've been listening. So if you go to aslobcomesclean.com slash 10 years, all one word, okay, no dashes or spaces or anything, T-E-N-Y-E-A-R-S. If you go there, you will see the rules and how to enter this giveaway by sharing on whatever social media you have, how long you've been listening to the podcast. Okay. Um. Oh, and you want to know what the prize is. Okay. So the prize is two hours of decluttering coaching with one of my trained and certified decluttering coaches. So I now train and certify decluttering coaches, obviously. Uh, If you go to declutteringcoaches.com, you will see the list of all of our coaches. And you, if the person who wins gets to pick a coach that they want two hours of coaching with, and I will pay that coach their fee. They all set their own fees and all that. Um, If there isn't one who can come to you in person in your area, then you can use virtual services because a lot of them offer virtual coaching as well. So then it doesn't matter where you live, right? Okay. Uh, but yeah, if you want to find out more about that and how to participate, go to aslobcomesclean.com slash 10 years. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right. So 10 years ago, September 1st, 2013. I know it's been almost a week since September 1st, but um, the podcast came out the day before that. So it wasn't actually 10 years if I would have done it last week. And then there's also the fact that I forgot 
And uh, here we are. (laughs) I was like, oh, when did I actually start? So we're starting now. We're celebrating the 10-year thing. I'm going to play you the very beginning of that very first episode. Here you go. Hi, and welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog daily as Noni at aslobcomesclean.com. Noni is short for anonymous since, you know, being a slob is my deep, dark secret. So that's how I started blogging there. Um, I'm excited to be podcasting today. This is something I have meant to do for more than two years, and I just never have done it. I'm really a master procrastinator, but here I am. I'm getting going. So um, today I'm going to be sharing uh, part of my slob story, and I'm also going to be talking about my own personal week this week um, and how I've been getting back into my routine after summer, which I love summer. I absolutely love the lack of routine, but there is something wonderful about getting back into that routine and hopefully getting my house back under control. So I'm going to talk about what I've been doing and how that's based upon what I've learned over the last four years of what I call my desolification process. And finally, I'm going to tell you one decluttering, I'm sorry, one decluttering tip that you can apply today in your house as soon as you're done. So a little something that I've learned because I've learned a lot over the past four years of getting rid of huge amounts of stuff in my home. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You know, I listened to that and I was like, it's not that different, (laughs) which I don't know if that's good or bad. (laughs) It's really not that different from now. I still don't use, I still don't use music. I still just yak into a microphone. Uh, But, you know, I know there's a lot of people who've started podcasts and would love to have, you know, the what I enjoy having here on this podcast, you know, lots of people listening and lots of people responding. And I feel like I am the poster child for, you know, just go ahead and do it before it's perfect. Just go ahead and do it and keep doing it, even if it isn't perfect, because it has to exist in order for people to be able to listen and find it and respond and learn. So whatever. But that's not what we're talking about today. I think what I'm, well, I know what I'm going to talk about today is just the timeline of how all of this has built up. So if you're here because you needed specific, like, give me the decluttering steps, there are podcasts on that. If you needed, tell me how to break through my, you know, my roadblock in my mind about doing the dishes, there are podcasts on that. Okay. So that's not really what today is. I mean, we'll talk about the house and things that have changed, but I thought we'd celebrate kind of by going back and looking. I love hearing from people who tell me I've been following you since before you had a podcast. I love hearing from people who found me yesterday, right? <laughs> so I love that we're all here. There are, I think, I don't know. I don't know numbers exactly, but there's like about like 60,000 of you who listen to a given episode, I think it is. But y'all are here. You're part of this journey. You're part of every one of you who listens helps give this show credibility. And I feel like that's one of those things that for me, if you would have told me 10 years ago that one day I would be like, people would listen and go, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. About housekeeping. What? Uh, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know that I would ever know something worth 
sharing. Okay. But all of you by participating, you help with the algorithms that then give it credibility, which then gets the reach expanded, which then reaches more people who are like, wait, there's somebody who talks about this for my brain, my way of thinking. There's someone who actually thinks the same way about it and has figured out a way to make real progress. So you are a huge part of of all of this growing and lasting for 10 years and hopefully will last another 10 years, right? Okay, uh, but let's talk about the timeline. So I'm gonna start back in 2003-ish. So in 2003, I can't remember exactly, exactly, but I'm pretty sure that was the year. I remember it being New Year time, like January time, and thinking, huh, I would like to declutter. I had no idea that New Year's and decluttering go together. Just somehow psychologically, the whole world thinks, is it the new year? Well, then I better declutter. I I didn't have any idea of that relationship. Never crossed my mind. But I had the itch because that's the itch that happens then. And a friend of mine had told me about how she had sold on eBay. Okay. I think she even spoke in our mom's group about selling on, and she'd been selling on eBay for years. She had some different, um, she actually had like relationships with suppliers and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so she'd been selling and she just had explained it to me. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. I need to get rid of some stuff. I'm going to sell some things on eBay. So I started selling some things on eBay. Basically, it was wedding gifts. So at this point, I had been married probably four years. And uh, I decided I would like to get some of these things out of my cabinets that are still in their boxes. So things that I specifically remember are um, an iced tea maker. If you listen to this, Bob, which I know you don't. Sorry, honey. Uh, I'm pretty sure we registered for it because he was like, I like iced tea. And I was thinking, gross, because I don't like iced tea. Uh, And then we never used it. So anyway, but there was an iced tea maker. There was a milkshake maker that looked like the kind that you would see in a 50s diner kind of setting that I thought was super cool. I'd never used that. There was a juicer, a really nice juicer, I think. I'd never used that. And there were quite a few other things, right? And they were mostly kind of big, bulky things that were taking up a lot of space and I decided to sell them. Well, that was fun. Like it was fun. It didn't necessarily light a fire in me, but it was fun. So just to be clear, did you catch that when I first started selling on eBay, my goal was to declutter, right? Like I, that, that was my goal. But then this thing happened. So I had been going to garage sales and had had a lot of fun going to garage sales. I had a good friend, Heather, and we had kids the same age and they were like one, one and a half, something like that. And we would go garage selling together and we go together so that the kids could sit in the car with one of us with the air going while the other one hopped out and looked at stuff, you know, and then if it was one that looked really good and was, you know, big enough and had enough toys to keep the kids occupied, we'd get the kids out of the car too. Right. But that was basically what we did for fun. And we did that every Friday, every Saturday. And I was kind of having some issues, right? Like I had already always struggled with clutter. Clutter had been an issue my entire life. Um, I've shared that many times. I had a garage that was already cluttered, but as I started garage sailing, 
it became more and more and more and more cluttered, right? Like there, I can visually picture piles, like not being able to park my car in there because it was so piled with stuff because I would have so much fun finding these things for like a nickel or 25 cents, maybe a dollar at the most, and bringing it home and sticking it in the garage to figure out what to do with it later. I had to grab it, I thought, because it was so cheap. But, and you know, who can pass that up? But then I didn't actually know what to do with it in my house. And so it sat in the garage, not that the inside of the house was any less cluttered. You know, I mean, everything was just a big cluttered mess because I'd always struggle with that. Well, then at some point I went to a garage sale. I actually remember this specific garage sale because it was the twin of a lady that I knew. And I was like, wow, she's acting like she doesn't recognize me. Anyway, I'm sure if you're a twin, you have that story. Like I've talked to so many twins that have that story that somebody thinks they're like, wow, she's kind of being rude today. She's acting like we've never even met. And it's because it was her twin sister. (laughs) Anyway, so I felt really bad later that I had thought, why is she not speaking to me? Um, Anyway, but I specifically remember this thing and I thought that thing looks cool. And it was kind of a bedazzler. Like it was, I don't think it was called a bedazzler, but it was like an old one. It was made out of metal. It was in a super cool looking old, old vintage kind of box. And it was 10 cents. Y'all, 10 cents is basically free. It's not, it's not, but it felt free. And so I was like, I'm gonna grab that because I grabbed stuff anyway. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on eBay. And I sold it for, I think it was $17. And I was hooked. I was like, basically, this was all profit. I I mean, like I was so excited. And then I started buying things specifically to sell on eBay. So as someone who had already struggled, who already was bringing stuff into my home that didn't have a place and I didn't actually need it um, because I loved garage sales. Now I started bringing things in just to sell them, but I didn't know yet what would sell and what wouldn't and the seasons and the holding on to things. And it just it became bad. Okay. Like it, it was really, really, really bad. So a couple years later, we moved in 2005, moved a lot of stuff. Uh, we moved, let's see, some of y'all have just listened to other episodes where I've said this. So I promise I'm not like, she said last time that it was a U-Haul that was this big. And this time she said this big, what is, you know, y'all it's just, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Okay. The way I remember it, And I'm pretty sure it's correct. And I'm pretty sure what I wrote and how to manage your home is probably exactly correct because I think I went back and double checked on all that. But it was, we rented the biggest U-Haul. I think it was for a 3,000 square foot home, which is not the same as square meters. Those of you who live in places that measure in square meters, okay, it's much smaller than that. But we lived in a 1,700 square foot home and we rented a, a truck that was supposed to fit a house that was 3000 square feet. We filled that. We rented another U-Haul for like a two bedroom one. We filled trucks and several minivans. And I mean, we had so much stuff that we pulled out of there. And when I was looking for a house, I was specifically looking for a house with a room that could be my eBay room. Cause I thought that would be it. If I had an eBay room, it would change everything for me. So in, we moved into a rent house because our house hadn't sold yet. And this rent house was really, really small. But I was like, well, why would I declutter now? Because this isn't our actual real home yet, right? So our entire garage was packed full of boxes. And I had an eBay room. So my boys lived in a room together. They were little bitty. 
And then I had an eBay room. And then I had a baby. So I brought my daughter home. And what logically would have been her room couldn't be her room. This is in the rent house. This was not in the final home. So everything, I somehow felt justified for it to all be like, oh, well, this isn't perfect, but it's all just temporary, right? So I brought her home and she slept in the bassinet in uh, my closet because the whole entire room that could have been her room was the eBay room. Okay. All right. I'm done talking about that. Anyway, um, and then we found a house and it did have an eBay room. If you have been around a while and you've seen things on the blog, it's what I ended up calling my game room, right? But in the beginning, it was my eBay room and it was a big room. It was not a bedroom. It was a living space. It was a second living space that was really, really good sized, like the size of a, of a good sized living room. Had a half bath in it at the back. And we didn't use that half bath for at least two to three years because we couldn't get to it because there was so much stuff in there because it was my eBay room. Okay. So that was where I was um, when I had my third baby and I was just completely overwhelmed in my home. And so I remember trying to clear that out. And around the same time, I discovered this wonderful thing called couponing, like as a verb. So I already knew what coupons were. (laughs) I didn't know that couponing was a thing. And so I discovered couponing. And honestly, it kind of shifted my obsession from garage sailing into couponing. Okay. So I became the person who was constantly getting all the deals, right? Like my goal was to get as much stuff as I could. I was that person in the grocery store who you're like, oh my word, I'm behind one of those coupon people. I was very extremely organized at that. Like I had a filing system. I mean, everything was completely and totally ready when I went to the, to the checkout. So I was the person who people would be like, oh no, she's got a bunch of coupons. And then they'd be like, wow, she's good at that. Right? Like that was always my goal. So I was very, very organized on that, but I was bringing a bunch of stuff into my house. So even though I was starting to try to get rid of stuff in the eBay room, I was bringing in lots of toothpaste and lots of razors and lots of, you know, different things that were brand new. And so they had great coupons out there, but they weren't necessarily things that we ever used. And so my cabinets and all those kinds of things were bursting. There wasn't any room for all of my stuff. And again, my house was, you know, continued to stay out of control. Not like these things were the only factors. I had always been extremely messy. Okay. I'd always had way too much stuff. I did not have consistent routines, but all these things just made it worse gave it extra. Okay. And then in 2018, I discovered, I'm not 2018, I'm sorry, 2008, I discovered moneysavingmom.com. Okay. That was in April of 2008. And someone on a couponing Yahoo group or whatever it was at the time uh, that I was part of linked to moneysavingmom.com. And I was like, oh, this is what blogs are. I didn't know what blogs were. Y'all, I had never actually read a blog before. I mean, I might have read one and not realized that's what it was, but I didn't know what they were. I just knew people had been talking about blogs. I didn't know what they were. 
And I went, oh, this is interesting. And I had always wanted to be a writer. Like I'd always thought once my kids are in school, I am going to try to figure out how to be a writer, right? But I didn't know how to make that happen. But I went, this would be a way to be a writer. And I sort of started finding other blogs through that way. So I was determined to start a blog. I was so excited at the thought and I started researching and figuring things out, but I didn't start it because I thought I've got to get my house under control first. My house had always been my biggest struggle. I was unable to do the things that I wanted to do with my kids. I was unable to, unable to have people come over without like this huge time of time period of, you know, like knowing that they were coming so I could completely do an overhaul and shove everything in the master bedroom and all that. And so I was like, I have got to get this done before I throw myself into this other project. Because remember, eBay, I had thrown myself into it and it had gotten out of hand and it really hurt my house even more than, you know, it was already messy. And then I'd gotten into couponing and I threw myself into it and it hurt my house. Right. And so I know myself, I know I throw myself into things. And I was like, before I do this, this thing that I feel like could really be my thing, I am going to get my house under control. But I tried and tried and tried and just couldn't, I could do okay for a little while. And then life happened and it went right back. And I was just, now I had this other motivation, right? Other than just doing, doing it for the right reasons, I had this motivation that if I could just get my house under control, I could start this blog that I really want to start. And I still couldn't do it. And I got so incredibly frustrated. So in 2009, on August 24th, I started my blog after the day before, honestly, just praying and saying, because my kid was going to, my second kid, the one who is now about to be 20, he was about to go to kindergarten. And I was like, this is the time I should start my blog because I'm only going to have one kid at home. She's going to take a nap and I don't have to like get somebody else to take a nap too. I could just write during this time. And I'm like, this is the time. Why is it that you haven't made me organized? Like I've asked you to God, you know, and that was when the idea came to write about that, like to just write about getting my house under control. That's when the name A Slob Comes Clean came to me. There's a lot more on this story in other places in those early blog, I mean, in those early podcasts. Uh, but I was really frustrated. And so the idea came to write about that. And I thought it was my practice blog. Like this was my practice blog. So I'm going to read you the very first blog post that I ever wrote. I discovered the world of blogs about a year and a half ago. And I immediately thought that it was the thing for me. I mean, a reason to write? Great. A chance of someone actually reading what I write? Wow. So I've researched, considered, planned, meant to, and generally procrastinated in starting one. Why? Well, it hasn't been for a lack of ideas. I have some great blog ideas, and I think they could really work. I'm passionate about being a mother, and I've had several people suggest that I do one about that. I'm quite the couponing expert now and love to give advice on that subject. So why the slob idea? Basically, my reason for putting off the blog thing was that I knew it would slash could be something I would really get into. I've always loved writing, but I'm not the type who keeps a journal by my bed. I need a purpose to get me to write. 
This is a run-on sentence. Sorry, y'all. I also knew that I'm easily consumed by new and exciting things, and I didn't really need another thing to distract me from that thing from which I get so easily distracted. Housework. I could talk about motherhood, but I would be so afraid that if someone saw my house on the wrong day, translated any day I'm not expecting company, I would feel like a fraud. My house is messy, really messy. And this is the area where I feel like a total failure. I am constantly frustrated with it. And I know it affects all the other areas of my life and the lives of each person in my family. Even the things I'm pretty good at could be so much better if it wasn't for this problem. Every mother knows that the real time for resolutions is the beginning of the school year. This is when everything really starts over. So in this year where I only have one at home, I wanted to finally get this thing conquered. Combining my desire to blog with my need to fix this area of my life is not going to be an overnight solution. I'm not doing a 30-day or even a 365-day plan to a cleaner house. I need to change my routine, my habits, and finally be consistent in this. My commitment to my non-existent readers is to be honest, completely honest. I will stop making excuses and do what needs to be done. My hope is that writing daily on this blog will make me keep my focus. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a BetterHelp therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my 
my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, that was called Here We Go. And that was the first blog post that I ever wrote back in 2009. And here we are. It's 2023. And I am mostly talking about the podcast today, but I thought I'd just kind of give you the overall, you know, how this happened. Because that was me in the beginning. I hadn't said it yet. I didn't say it on that first day, but that was just a practice. Like this was supposed to be the thing I was going to write about anonymously, called myself Noni. I did not tell anybody what I was doing. I didn't share this with friends. I didn't tell my husband what I was doing. I just got started because this was my deep, dark secret. And I didn't want anybody to know about it, but I wanted to be able to be honest. And being anonymous was the thing that allowed me to be completely honest about it. Okay. I had no intention of being where I am right now, teaching this, writing about it. It's become the thing that I write about. Okay. The other thing that was very helpful about it being secret was that because I didn't tell my husband or my kids what I was doing, I just started doing it. I didn't start out by talking about it. Now, the blog obviously was kind of my outlet or it was my outlet to talk about it, but I didn't talk about it because so many times before I would be like, did you notice? Did you notice? Look, I've changed. (laughs) I've changed since you left for work this morning. You know, I mean, that was basically how I had done things or, hey, everybody, okay, this is what we're going to start doing together. Let's go. And everybody was like, what? wait, what, what, wait, what, how long is this time going to last? You know, I mean, so because I didn't tell anybody what I was doing, it kept me focused on just what I was doing and what I wasn't doing. And by that, I figured out that the problem all along had been what I was doing and wasn't doing. Yes, it's harder when you have little kids. Yes, it's harder when you're trying to do this on your own and there are other people living there and you have to navigate other people's routines and other people's stuff and all of that. And yet our house changed just by me focusing on what I was doing and what I wasn't doing. Okay. All right. Then in 2010, so about a year after I had started the blog, I went to a blogging conference and that was the first time that I admitted. Now I did tell my husband probably about six weeks in, I think to what I was doing. And anyway, and he was so excited about it and so excited for me. That's always been the thing that boggles my mind still. But in the beginning when I was like, don't tell anybody what I'm doing. And he would get so frustrated that he couldn't tell anybody. And I was like, why do you want to tell somebody this thing? you know, where I'm sharing my deep, dark secret, where I'm sharing that our house is incredibly messy and that this is a real struggle for me. And you know what his answer was? I'm just so excited that you're finally doing one of these things you've been talking about for years. Okay. So yes, I had done eBay and yes, I had done couponing, 
but I had had so many different creative ideas of things that I wanted to do. And he was just excited that I was doing this. So he's always supportive. And I fully, completely give him credit and acknowledge that a big part of me being able to do what I have done is the fact that he's incredibly supportive and kind and like cheers me on. Like, I I get that. I don't take that lightly, okay? Because I know that's not the case for everybody. All right, 2010, I went to a blogging conference. I introduced myself to human people in person, looking at them. I introduced myself as a slob because it was a blogging conference. So what's the name of your blog? A slob comes clean, but it's my temporary blog. And yet everybody was like, no, that's a great idea. You should do, you should keep doing that. And I was like, what? Nah. And they were like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you should keep doing that. And so I realized that maybe people weren't as mean about it as I had been to myself. Don't get me wrong. There are people who are very mean about it. But in general, like people were really pretty supportive of, of what I was doing. 2011, I went to another conference. And at that conference, I went to a session where they talked about YouTube and podcasting and stuff like that. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. And the thing that she said that stuck out to me, because I thought I was going to go and learn like the logistics of all these things. And that really wasn't what it was about. But the thing that she said in that conference, I mean, in that, that session about YouTube and podcasting was, you don't have a blog, you have a message. Take that message and share it and share it in different ways. Yes, you've, you've been sharing your message through your blog, but there are people who don't read blogs. So take that same message. Don't come up with new stuff. Just take that same message and share it on YouTube for the people who, instead of reading blogs, watch YouTube and share that same message in a podcast for the people who don't read blogs and don't watch YouTube videos, but they do listen to podcasts. Take that same message. And that was transformational for me, for me to realize, oh, okay. Because I'd always thought, well, I What else would I say to get my blog readers over there to listen to the podcast or watch a video? And I realized, oh, no, I just need to take what I'm doing and put it into different formats for the different learning styles and different places where people are, you know, consuming content. So I came home and I put out my first YouTube video on August 24th, 2011. So right at two years, yeah, exactly two years after I started the blog, I put out my first YouTube video. And then over the course of the next year in 2012, that's when I shifted into teaching. So before that, I had pretty much just been recording what I was doing, what I was learning. And I was starting to get people who were saying, please teach us how to do this too. And I resisted for a very long time and thought and probably said to them, why would anyone learn from me? I'm just figuring this out. I have nothing to teach. I have no credentials to teach this stuff. I am not the person that anyone should want to learn this stuff from. I'm just figuring it out. Okay. Well, then in 2012, it was probably the end of 2011, a blogging friend was homesick one day and she had kind of read a few things of mine. Well, she started reading the whole thing and she, she really started to email me and say, Dana, you've got to teach it. You've got to teach this. I'm learning so much from reading the blog, but you've got to teach it. And I was like, but I can't teach anybody how to have a perfect house. And that's what they all want, right? Well, then it hit me 
that even though I can never teach someone how to have a perfect house, I can teach someone how to go from being overwhelmed to, okay, I think I can do this. And that was when I wrote 28 Days to Hope for Your Home, which released in January of 2012. So that was a big shift into, okay, I'm actually teaching people this stuff. And I think this is actually the thing that I do. Like this is no longer just practice. This is the thing that I'm designed by God to teach. I mean, that's that's what the realization was that I was having. And then that year, I really shifted into that because that summer I put out teaching kids to clean. And then that December, when we had foundation problems in our house and did not have the money to fix them, I was like, I'm gonna write a little ebook called Drowning in Clutter. So I that was the year of the ebooks. And I realized, oh, this changes everything. It changes everything business-wise because I had an actual product to sell instead of just putting ideas out there and, you know, hoping for ad money. It also gave me the credibility. Like I put it into instructional format and doing that is what gave me the credibility for then people to share with others, look, this thing is helpful. You should, you know, you should follow it too, or you should buy this book too, this ebook too. So that was when that real shift happened. But in March, on March 1st of 2013, I published what was my last YouTube video for a very long time. So I had been consistently publishing for about a year and a half. And then I realized that I was putting off decluttering because I didn't want to put on makeup and real clothes and haul out the video camera. And I realized, wait, this thing I'm doing on YouTube is actually stopping me from getting stuff done in my house. And that defeats the purpose of what I started doing from the very beginning. And so I said, I can't do YouTube anymore. And that last video, and there were a few here and there, I would occasionally put some out. But as far as doing it consistently, the last one after that, you know, year and a half of being consistent was one where I went into my boy's room and I said, I, I just got to do something. So I'm going to just declutter. <laughs> like, I, sorry, y'all. I know it's going to be so super lame. Like, I just, I just got to get one done. I'm just going to declutter. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about organizing. I'm not going to worry about problem solving. I am just going to declutter. Does that sound familiar at all to you if you've been around here for a while? Because what is the thing that transformed everything for me? giving myself permission to just declutter. So even though that was my last YouTube video for quite a while, it was really shifting into the next phase of things for me. So I had started really teaching these things, the things that I was learning. I put it into formats where, hey, take this and apply it in your house. But that was the just decluttering was when I shifted into realizing I've got something really different here for changing your house than anything I've ever heard anywhere else. And that is, it doesn't have to be so hard, y'all. Just get the stuff out. Decluttering is the actual thing. And so from that time on was when I started to really take ownership of the fact that the thing that makes me different is the decluttering. It's the ability to break through hangups about decluttering in ways that were working for me when nothing else had worked. And so that was a big shift for me. And then in the summer of 2013, I went to another blogging conference and I 
you know, signed up for this session with this guy, Leslie Samuel, who he talked about podcasting. And so I went in there, I was like, okay, how do I do this? And what do I do? And he said, Hey, I've got this course that I'll let you get into for free where I talk you through exactly how to set up a podcast. That doesn't even exist anymore because people have asked me and I'm like, it doesn't exist anymore for me to send you to it. Um, Plus, I'm sure it's outdated at this point. But I literally went through each of the sections of like how to create your RSS feed, how to um, upload to iTunes, and I would watch it for 30 seconds pause it, go do what it had said to do in that 30 seconds, come back, watch another 30 seconds to a minute, pause it, go do that thing. I mean, like, I don't know what I did, but I followed all the directions, right? And so that on September 1st, 2013, I published my first podcast. And from the beginning, you know, if you heard that little part at the beginning where I was playing the beginning of my first podcast that I ever put out there, there's a big stumble, right? Now y'all are used to that because you've been listening to this. That was the thing that I told myself, kind of like the just declutter, like don't worry about organizing, just declutter. That same type of mindset was for me, I want to have a podcast. I want to give this thing a try. But I know from experience that I don't have it in me to do the editing that I did for YouTube. I, I can't. I, I can't do that. I'm going to do a podcast, but I'm not going to edit it. And so I didn't. I just put it out there. And I didn't know how that would go. I mean, you know, what's funny is that the, it doesn't sound that different, (laughs) the beginning of that first podcast, because I did it with no frills and I've stayed with no frills. But the podcast really changed things for me because now I wasn't just teaching through the books. I was teaching on a regular basis, right? Because I didn't have pictures to show and video to show of as I was figuring it out. I was teaching things and people started responding. I didn't have any idea that the podcast would turn into what it has become. I hadn't really listened to podcasts before. I just thought it sounded fun to talk into a microphone. And as my husband says, huh, all those years of talking to yourself has finally paid off, right? So I just really enjoyed the talking. And I said several times or many times, I would say, I'm sorry that I make mistakes, but it's either put out unedited podcasts or don't do a podcast. And people resoundingly would come to me and say, don't edit, we'd rather have the podcast. So that gave me a lot of confidence and a lot of energy to keep going with that. Okay. And my influence that I was having really started shifting because I started hearing a lot more from people who were all in, who were all in on what it was that I was teaching and they were really giving it a try and they were really changing their homes. And they were saying to me, when I listened to the podcast, 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 that was the thing that started to be mentioned in pretty much every email that I was getting from people. And I'd gotten emails from people before that, but there was a real shift when the podcast started in how much of an impact it was making on people's homes. And I think part of that is just natural because 
you listen to something for 30 minutes, it really gives it time to sink into your mind. And also the podcast works really well with what I talk about because you can clean while listening to a podcast. That's what I do. That's what I personally do all the time is clean, you know, while I have a podcast going. It's almost hard to clean without a podcast, right? But as I kept going, I had written those eBooks and that had been, you know, a great, great boost for my business. It's one of the things I always give people as an example is it's like, I always wanted people to share about me, but it wasn't until I gave them something to share, that being an ebook, that things really started to change and people really started to share. Okay, that's just a little thing. Um, but let's draw a parallel with the house right there. Okay. I'd always wanted people to get on board and help me clean the house. But it wasn't until I got my house under control and truly understood it that I could get my family on board and get them to help me with it. Okay. I had to admit that as I was just stumbling around, it was really hard for them to come alongside me. But once I had it figured out, it became so much more clear. Oh, this is what needs to be done. And so then they were better able to help. See how I occasionally tie a little bit in here? That's helpful. Okay. (laughs) Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, And then in April of 2015, I talked with an agent who I had a friend who was writing romance books, Christian romance books, and she you know, we would talk about just different writing business kind of things. And she said that her agent was looking for some nonfiction people to work with. And so she recommended me, we started talking in June of 15, I signed my first book deal. And then in November of 2016, how to manage your home without losing your mind came out. Now, that book has done really well, like I've been very pleased with it. Um, It hasn't done as well as decluttering at the speed of life. But I'm still glad I wrote it first because that book is the foundation. If you are overwhelmed, I wrote that book for you. I wrote that book for the person who is where I was in 2009, completely bewildered and bumfuzzled over the state of your home and why it's so hard when it doesn't seem to be this hard for everybody else. Okay. So I wrote that again, that was another shift in my credibility, in my authority on the subject to have a traditionally published book that came out about that. Because traditionally published books, 
get sold in a lot more places than I could sell my ebooks, my self-published ebooks. Okay. So it changed all of that. Now, just to be clear, 28 Days to Hope for Your Home is not available as an ebook anymore, but it is available. It's it's in How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. Okay. So it's the appendix of that book. And it's because I said, you know, that 28-day guide is the thing. Like it's the thing that changes everything. So does it make any sense to me to put out this How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind without including the 28-day guide? So it's in there. That's how you get that now is you get How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. So that, you know, created me as an authority in this area. The spring of 2017, I wrote Decluttering at the Speed of Life in nine weeks. Thank you very much. That's a long story. I don't want to tell right now. That gets my blood boiling. But anyway, yeah, we won't talk about it right now. We can talk about that in person if we're ever in person. Okay. Uh, February of 2018 is when Decluttering at the Speed of Life came out. That is what, I mean, I how many times have I said that changed everything? That one uh, it didn't hit the Wall Street Journal bestselling list until like, I think maybe two years later, <laughs> which those bestseller lists are only based on a week's worth of sales. They're not based on overall sales. Okay. But it is the one that continues to sell really, really well and ta- has taken on more of a life of its own than anything else. Okay. Because that is the one in which, because of the book, I took all the things I had been working on and doing and teaching and I put them together into a five-step process. So that book is where the five-step process was born. I took the things that I was doing to make decluttering progress and I put them into a step-by-step process, okay? Having that step-by-step process, again, changed everything, right? Like it took me on that next step because now it wasn't just that I was teaching about decluttering. I was teaching specifically how to declutter. Okay. And then, uh, fall of 2020. Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry. So I published decluttering the speed of life in February of 2018. And after that I had happen, what always happens after I finish writing a book, which is, I think I'm done. I don't think I have any more words. I can never write another book ever. And then in June, so, you know, four or five months later, I honestly one day went, oh, yeah, that's the next book. Okay. So I started working on a book, which y'all have not seen yet, but you hopefully will within the next year or so. A book that uh, I started working on in 2019, finished the first draft, first super crazy rough draft in March of 2020. Anybody know what happened then, right? And then everything fell apart and it all went bazonkers, right? And I didn't get back to that for a really long time. I'm back to it now, but I didn't get back to it for a really long time. In the meantime, in the fall of 2020, um, my publisher of my first two books contacted me and wanted me to write a gift book, which is a book with pictures and things like that, which is more like tips, tricks based. And I wrote Organizing for the Rest of Us, which came out in, was that? January of 22. And at that same time, though, in fall of 2020, when I was writing Organizing for the Rest of Us, uh, somebody named Dawn Madsen called me or not called me. She reached out and she had read Decluttering at the Speed of Life and was like, oh, my word, this process is the process. And she had asked me to do an interview in a group that she hosted. And then that fall, she contacted me and said, hey, do you want to do a course with me? And have you heard of Clutterbug, this other YouTuber? And I was like, eh, sure, we'll do that. Y'all, I did not think that would be 
anything like what it has turned into, like had no idea, no idea that it would turn into what it has turned into and how many people would be in the course. But that was really fun. And again, it moved me into the next thing, which was YouTube again, because Dawn and Cass are like legitimate YouTubers. They have bajillions, not officially, but basically bajillions of followers. And they're bajillions of followers, you know, because I was doing this course with them and I was, you know, the author of the Decluttering at the Speed of Life. And that was the five-step process we were using in the Take Your House Back course, which by the way, is on sale right now. Go to aslobcomesclean.com slash take. Okay. Got it. That caused my YouTube, those old, really old, like almost 10-year-old videos at the time, nine, eight, nine-year-old videos uh, from way before I had developed my decluttering process or any of that kind of stuff. Those videos started getting a lot of traction. And I went, oh yeah, I don't want those to be the only things I have on YouTube. And at the same time, my son Reed was like, I want to edit videos. So I'll do it for you. You should do videos. So then I started doing YouTube again. And I've been doing that now since I think January of 2021. And that's turned into yet another way that I'm able to reach people and teach things in a way that's helpful for people. So, and I think that's where I'm going to kind of pull all this together. Uh, oh, oh yeah. And here we go. We're still in the podcast. Um, at this point, just, just a couple little numbers here. So I remember when I started the podcast and it was a year after that, that for some reason I was putting something together and I thought, oh, I should go see how many downloads I've had of my podcast. So it had been, it was maybe the summer following when I had started the September before. And I saw that I had had a hundred thousand downloads in a year. And I was so excited. Like I had no idea that it had had that many downloads. So I was really, really excited. And then I remember hitting a million and going, I cannot believe I hit a million downloads. And now y'all, we're at 15 million downloads. What in the world? That's so exciting. That does not mean 15 million people have listened. Okay. That just means overall, all the things, all my podcasts have been downloaded 15 million times total. Okay. So we usually have around what I say before, I don't know, 40, 60, something thousand people that listen to each episode. Um, you know, in its first month or two. So, uh, but, but here's the thing. I'm so thankful for you, you listening. You're the reason that these methods have credibility and therefore reach people and therefore change actual homes and lives. Okay. Because you follow these methods and because you listen and because that helps with the building of all the things. So I would love it if you want to enter the contest that I talked about at the beginning. I don't know if it's a contest or giveaway, whatever the legal one is, that's what it is. Okay. But go to a slobcomesclean.com slash 10 years. And there you're going to see all of the images and we'll have, you know, an explanation of how to grab that image, share it on your own social media, and then enter the form to, you know, show us that you have shared it. And then that is how you'll be entered for the two hours of decluttering coaching. Okay. One person is going to get two hours of decluttering coaching paid for by me with one of my decluttering coaches who has been trained and certified in my unique decluttering process. So where did decluttering coaches come in on all of that? Well, we've talked about, you know, there was the 
blog, and then there was the YouTube, and then there was the ebooks or the first ebook, and then there were the other ebooks, and then there was the podcasts and all those kinds of things and the real books. And so when I put all of that information out there, you know, all the information exists for you to change your own home. And then I realized a few years ago, this is changing people's homes. They're reading, they're listening, they are understanding, and they're able to make huge, huge impact on their home. And then I realized, and yet there are some people that need someone to come alongside them and help them personally, answer their personal questions, explain how to apply the two decluttering questions to that actual item that is in your hands right now. And I can't do that because did y'all notice I do a lot of things, right? Like I can't do the one-on-one answering specific, you know, guiding people through the decluttering process because that would mean I couldn't do these other things. I wouldn't have the time, wouldn't have the space in the container that is my day and my life to be able to do that. And I was like, the missing piece is coaches, people who can actually get in there, professional organizers who are trained in this method. Not all of them are professional organizers. Some of them just do the decluttering, but many are. And so people who know how to use this language around decluttering, that's the thing that's missing so that people can get that individualized help that they need. And so that is when I started this certification program. That's what declutteringcoaches.com is, okay? So it all comes down to how do you learn? Obviously, you're listening to the podcast right now. It's likely that this is how you learn. But when you're stuck, it might be helpful for you to read the book. And maybe that will bring it all into focus for you or watch some YouTube videos. Go watch the video that's on the homepage of my YouTube, you know, youtube.com slash a slob comes clean. Go to that one and watch the video on the container concept. And it might make you realize, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I get it. All right. Now I get it because I see her do that with the pens. And now I understand what she's been saying. And I've been hearing, maybe you need a coach. You need to hire a coach. So there's the, my goal is to reach all the people who need this information in all the different ways so that we can help more people have hope y'all. It is not hopeless. You absolutely can change your home. I don't care what it looks like right now. You can change your home. Okay. So even though back when I started, I was a mom of kids who were three years old, five years old, and seven years old. And then when I started the podcast, they were seven, nine, and 11. And right now they're 17, 19, and 21. What in the world? Um, I've been through a lot of the phases. I'm going to keep talking as I go through more phases, as I hit empty nest, because that's its own thing, as I hit hopefully one day retiring. Although if I was retiring, then I might not be doing the podcast, whatever. You know what I mean? But as I keep going on these different phases of life and what does it look like to deal with in your home, all of that is out there and it's there for you so that you can learn and apply that in your home. What has changed? I've, I learned to love my home once it was decluttered, once I wasn't overwhelmed by the dishes and the laundry and the clutter. I learned to love my home, which then meant that when I did move, I wasn't moving because I was delusional that the answer to all of my issues was going to be having a different house. I moved from a house that I loved because I could live in it comfortably and easily because I didn't have stuff everywhere and things were under control to a house that I loved even more. And then when I moved in, I was able to put things where I could find them immediately. 
You know, I know it feels a little weird, but I would stand in a space and go, okay, I know I've never looked for this here before, but if I needed it, where would I look for it? There? Okay, that's where it goes. That's how I establish the home. And y'all, it actually works, right? I knew that, but it's nice to have it confirmed. I also realized that repetition is okay. This is something that is always going to be a struggle for me. Lots of it has become more natural over the years, but I am someone who will always have to think through and rethink and notice, oh, wait, I just set something down randomly and now it has suddenly grown into a pile of 25 things. Okay. That is me. That's my personality, but I know what to do now. And the more that I do that, the less that that happens and the less overwhelmed I am when it does happen anyway, and I have to go and tackle it. Okay. So I know I'm going to always struggle, but I also struggle less and less and less the longer that I go. Okay. I know that that sounds a little bit like, but wouldn't you eventually stop struggling? Eh, I don't know. I honestly find it more hopeful to realize, oh, okay, it's not because I failed that I'm still struggling. It's just because that's how I am. But there is a way to work through this. Okay. I also realized here on the podcast that repetition is okay. That's how I have 380 something podcasts is I at some point shifted into realizing, okay, even if someone listened to 10 podcasts over the course of a day, they still would not be getting everything in there. So I'm just going to keep on repeating. I'm going to keep on uh, applying all of these things to different situations, different mindsets. And I realized, you know, when you listen to talk radio or, you know, people who give advice on shows or radio, they say the same things over and over, right? And by doing that, that's how a lot of these phrases for me have developed. That's how like catchphrases that people have, they develop because they say the things again and again and again. By talking about the container is the limit, well, then the container concept became a thing. By talking about things like the two decluttering questions, it just honed in more and more and more and made it what it is by that repetition, okay? I have heard from people with, you know, I know it's been within the last year, we were having a conversation in Kindred Spirits. Oh, I didn't talk about that today. But in Kindred Spirits, where people were like, thank you for saying, thank you for being willing to say the same things over and over. I am committed to not just making up things so that I'll have something new to say. I would prefer to repeat things and say things again and try to say it in a different way from a different angle to hopefully give you the hope that you really don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to apply the existing process to whatever your situation is. Okay. And Patreon. Yes. Patreon came in there. I don't know when I started. It really started taking off like in 2019, I think. And um, that's when Jennifer started working for me and getting people into the group and all that kind of stuff. Um, But that's another way that people get the support that they need is they support one another and have a place to share their own progress pictures and to share their own realizations or share their own, you know, stumbling blocks that other people help them work through. And all. if you want to find out more about that, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Thanks for being here, whether you've been here for this being your first episode or for 10 years of podcasts. Thanks for being here you make this possible. All right. Don't forget, if you want to join Take Your House Back, it is on sale right now. 
through September 20th, 2023. And you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash take for my link for that and go enter the contest at aslobcomesclean.com slash 10 years. Okay. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.